it's not because there's cheaper CPMs. It's because there's a whole new tranche of buyers who are entering the market and Facebook's able to find those people and serve them the right What end. is tranche? A tranche? It's like a group that gets phased in. Oh, wow. I don't know that word. It sounds like trench. It sounds like it, but it's like French. It sounds like a... Oh, so it's a tranche. It's a French trench. It's a tranche. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome back, everyone, to the Nail Social Office Hours podcast, episode 44, um, deep into the coronavirus, but we're not really going to talk about it this week, are we? Well, we kind of are. We have like two Damn segments it. that are kind of coronavirus related. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, well, it is what it is. I am Jeff Bachman, digital strategy director at uh, Nail Communications, lead sciences junior at Nail Social. I am Rachel Jackson. I am the social ads manager at Nail Communications at Nail Social. I'm lead scientist. This podcast, Nail Social Office Hours, is your deep dive into all things social. That could be paid social. That could be organic social. Everything in between. And we are just a couple of kids talking shop. And if you can't get enough of what we have to say, you can listen to me on another podcast called Video Jungle from the folks at Animus. They're a, a video production house. They have a podcast where I'm talking about Reddit and trying stuff with different platforms and how you use video on social, that type of stuff. Um, talking about going viral. So we'll is see how that goes. Is your shameless plug done? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Concluded. All right. We got a packed show today. So we're going to start with a This Week in Paid Recently, we saw a lot of information come out of Facebook from our Facebook reps about, you know, what's going on with coronavirus, what's happening on the platforms, on WhatsApp, on Instagram, on, on the ads platform. So there's a big rundown of that stuff. We'll like to go through the highlights. We mm -hmm. don't have a This Week in Organic this week, but we do have an Explain That Tweet that is a bit of a rant and a bit of an Explain That Tweet. But we want to talk about the always winning culture and how that is not productive and what we can do to sort of avoid speaking like that, particularly on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then in a new segment called Restaurant Rescue, we want to talk about all of the restaurant posts you guys have probably been seeing on your Facebook and on your Instagram these past uh, few weeks. And we want to talk about how brands and restaurants in particular can really utilize um, an organic and a paid approach to get eyes on their feet, on their feeds, because right now these are industries that are being hit really hard. Mm-hmm. And then we got a, a rant wheel coming back in where it's it's pretty much coronavirus-themed rant wheel, but um, we think that's okay. And there's something on the rant wheel that's literally making me salivate right now. So I hope <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. I hope we get to that. Okay, so if you guys don't know that intro music, it is from Animal Crossing. And I just want everybody to know that I bought Animal Crossing two days ago, and now I'm really into it. Um, I'm not particularly a video game person because, I don't know, I never really got into them. I think the, the boat sailed past me on that one. But this is good because you don't kill anything. You don't battle. You just kind of vibe. And that is is great for this, like, my brain space right now. So I just want to give a quick shout out to that. How many hours are into it are you? Okay, so here's the problem. I started... 
And then it was, I accidentally started on my boyfriend's um, profile page and he's mm. like, that's mm. unacceptable because what if I want to play? So then I had to restart, like completely make my island again and rename my stuff. But it was good because I knew exactly what to do and, you know, all the steps to take. So I don't know, maybe like two and a half hours. Cool. So that concludes the This Week in Animal Cross segment. Now we're going to get into <laughs> This Week in Paid. So like I said, uh, Facebook has a lot of information coming out from its representatives about what's going on. Basically, a lot of this stuff seems pretty common sense. Like a lot of like a lot of it is that like how conversation topics on Instagram have shifted to staying informed, staying mm -hmm. positive, staying healthy. A lot of it is talking about how video calling and video chatting is up like 200 mm percent. And then they're talking about how, you know, Facebook's going to take away prioritization on things like Facebook dating and Facebook events just because of the social distancing measures. And instead, they're going to put more money into, you know, groups, news and video, that sort of thing. Sure. They're also donating money. It looks like, you know, $100 million to small businesses and then ad credits and donations to the CDC and the WHO. So also, and then more money for news news outlets and for journalism. So it's like a lot of stuff going on in here, but uh, we have a few few highlights. Yeah, one of the things they said, um, what they said, as online shopping has gone dark largely around the world, all regions are reporting sharp increases in first-time online purchases. So initially when the coronavirus hit, we saw lower CPMs due to people just pulling spend. And, and Facebook, it is a marketplace. If there's less ad buyers out there, um, the cost to run those ads are going to be less. There's just less competition. But those advertisers are going to come back. The lower CPM is, is temporary from those advertisers pulling spend. But what, what's also happening is there's more first-time buyers, people who previously would buy in the mall or, or wherever, they're starting to develop a new behavior to buy online. And this is increasing the pool of of buyers that Facebook recognizes. So this is this to me I see as more of a permanent change and could help bring down the the pricing, particularly on conversion campaigns. This is so interesting to me because if we incre if we've changed a behavior and now people who would have never bought something online or they have to and so they they've changed their behavior and they see oh it's actually totally okay to buy shoes online or it's totally okay totally okay to buy my whatever online if we've changed that behavior and if we increase the pool of buyers mm -hmm. the prices for those conversion campaigns are going to completely change I, yeah. I think this is a huge step and a huge change. And I'm curious how, how it shakes out in like, you know, six months from now, eight months from now, especially as brands start to change their businesses and, and change like what they do. Airbnb is a great example. So because people can't buy their, um, people can't rent out the houses and stuff like that, they're doing these online experiences where mm -hmm. you can like zoom into a zoo animal experience or something like that. That's just one example, uh, but there's got to be many, many other ones. Yeah, and, and what we've heard from other e-com brands is that they're having some of the best weeks um, of, of, of all time right now. And some of that is because they're now making masks. Um, but a, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of it is because, it's not because there's cheaper CPMs. It's because there's a whole new tranche of buyers who are entering the market and Facebook's able to find those people and serve them the right What ad. is tranche? A tranche? It's like a group that gets phased in. Oh, wow. I don't know that word. It sounds like trench. It sounds like it, but it's like French. It sounds like a... Oh, so it's a tranche. It's a French trench. It's a tranche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my god. Okay, so something else we're seeing is, and we've talked about this before, if you have supply chain issues, that is going to affect your Facebook feedback score, which people don't even know about what this is. It's particularly for e-commerce brands where if you have a problem with your shipping or your customer service in some capacity, you get dinged on this feedback score and then your prices are more expensive, like CPM-wise, more expensive bidding. Um, so basically, if you're having those issues right now, if you're not able to get your manufacturing out or if something's wrong with your shipping or something's mm -hmm. delayed or you can't get your employees because right now they have to be at home, this can completely affect that score and affect your prices. Yeah, and it's important to note that Facebook is not tied into your shipping system. It's not looking at the when things are get delivered or anything like that. You may think it's that way because that's how Facebook operates, but it's really looking at the quality and the keywords in the feedback that people are leaving on your page. And it's assigning a, a score for that. So you can, you can, even if you are like have massive delays, you can negate a dip in feedback score by messaging your people and being like, hey, there's delays, set some expectations. So at least then they're not giving negative feedback on your page and then triggering that that downward trend. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that could be done really at the upfront, like in your messaging, like don't ship, we don't ship till, you know, 425 or we don't ship till whenever, or it could be, you know, two week, two week window shipping period, something like that. Or it could be done through your email messaging um, when, when you're going back and forth with the shipping received and that sort of thing. Um, but as long as you expectation set and people understand what's going on, mm -hmm. or if you have those conversations on your Facebook page, that sort of thing, um, that can that can sort of negate this, this feedback score issue. If you want to check your Facebook feedback score, you go to facebook.com slash ads slash customer underscore feedback. Um, and then you should see your score. Hopefully it's a five. That's the highest you can get. And if anything below three, and you're you're gonna need to take some action. Toast, you're toast. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Another thing I thought was interesting is that so Facebook surveyed um, a bunch of people, a bunch of customers, and and they found that only eight percent of consumers globally believe that brands should stop advertising. So basically, people <clears throat> are okay with advertising right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, according to me, at least ninety-three percent of um, of surveys are garbage and shouldn't be listened yeah, that to. Is true. <laughs> that is true. But in but I think that general tone of that is probably true. Are you a, a, you do you think? Well, you're an advertiser, so I can't ask you. But I think the general Joe Schmo. Why would you think that advertising should stop? You still need things. Right, right. But I, I think the tone of what you're putting out needs to change very rapidly. Like what, yeah, that is true. what I'm seeing in, in the market is, is a, um, a lashing out or, uh, you know, negative feedback around certain types of coronavirus messaging, particularly the one where it's like in these difficult times, we're yeah, all in yeah. this together. So mm -hmm. buy this Bumba socks, you know, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so you need yeah, to I evolve that message. I saw I saw my first uh, toilet paper, like coronavirus themed ad, which was like, you know, sign of the times. But um, it was very much like we're ramping up production so that you can ramp up comfort. It was a very bizarre quilted northern ad and it felt kind of off off tone, off based. I'm not sure why, but mm -hmm. it, it just felt kind of a little bit utilitarian, I guess. Um, so I think there is this pushback on like the 
altogether ads and yeah. in like it just feels like people are tacking that that sentiment on to what right. they normally were doing so it feels like what might work right now is um cut the all together stuff and if you're a brand that can actually provide value if there's an, an angle that actually makes sense um then you know fold that in but if there isn't i i would feel free to not not attach coronavirus to any of your messaging yeah, I don't think I don't know if it's necessary. I mean, uh, certainly I wouldn't I wouldn't have run ads that have a, groups of people in them or like people out and about on the town running around. I don't know, but that's a line to toe, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we wanted to bring up that was not on this list, but I'm experiencing at a completely different level is Facebook ad support, and I'll extend this beyond Facebook ad support to also Google ad support right now and Twitter ad support. This is unprecedented bad times because the ad chat is almost always not working, especially on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so, and also calling is down on Google, so you can't call to get support. So everything has to happen through email and it is so, so slow. You explain something to one person, somebody else responds to that email, but didn't seem to read the email so they're lacking complete context so you have to re-explain it and this is the first time i've ever had to screen record my my computer to explain what the problem that was going on because mm-hmm. usually they can see in the, the back end of, of ads manager so man it is a completely different time and it's it's so frustrating that you can't always pick up the phone and talk to people and i really i i, I gotta say i mean especially working with google where sometimes that's the fastest way to do things mm-hmm. it's it's been a really hard time dealing with political ads authorization and um, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it, it blows my mind that for whatever reason, Facebook ad support, a lot of those people can't work from home according to Facebook. So their, their, their workforce is down considerably. Um, like it just seems like the most work from home job there is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a security thing. Maybe. But basically, I think, I think it, while, while you're thinking about this, buffer in time add time as a buffer if you if you're trying to get if you're trying to get political ads authorization i would say no it's not going to happen how it usually happens there's going to be some weird barrier i keep having a problem where i i have political ads authorization me personally and then the account also has a a disclaimer that's been approved Mm -hmm. but then for some reason there's no page owner and then i can't or, or the page owner isn't active anymore, and then of course the client has like has has issues getting to the getting to who the owner is. So it's like it's these layers of problems that you absolutely have to have to build in some buffer time, and maybe also like keep a copy and paste of your explanation of the issue in very very mm. um, good detail, so that you can just have that somewhere and paste it back into the next support person that you have to encounter. Yeah, the only upside I would say is that. We now get to see what the living rooms and the bedrooms look like for our Facebook ad reps now, <laughs> which is kind of fascinating. Okay, now we have a segment called Explain That Tweet. And usually what we do is we explain one of our own tweets. But we saw um, another tweet out there, and we wanted to explain what's going on and some of the context around this. Um, this tweet is from someone named I am Shackleford. His name is Nick Shackleford on Twitter. He says, if you are a media buyer and not running this stack right now, in all caps, you period are period 
sleeping. No period. And then he's got a screenshot of a list of ad sets that are like 5% ATC, IC per stack. Just a, a random, hard-to-parse screenshot. Um, and both Rachel and I saw this particular tweet, and it, it is very... This tone is very frustrating. I have a lot of problems with screenshot screen, screen screenshot culture in general, which is basically the concept of on Twitter, media buyers are super, super active. This is where we get most of our information, our mm -hmm. talking back and forth, just because Facebook is not a great hub of information. So we really have to all speak to each other collaboratively. So mm -hmm. a lot of times this results in people screenshotting the results that they have on on certain ads and, and showing off their ROAS and showing off what's working um, in really only what's working, not what's not working. <laughs> right. um, so there's this there's this pervasive culture where, where you have to sort of prove your results via a screenshot. Um, and when I see things like this and I see things like, if you're not using this, you are sleeping, it's very frustrating because every account is so different. Every product is so different. Every, you know... The, the days that you're actually mm -hmm. running the ads are so different. There's so much context that is lost when you just have a screenshot that it feels, it feels like this, this sort of bro-ish, assertive, I don't know, machismo is just not productive. Right. And if you get, if you get, it's very easy to get lost in all of these types of people who are putting out these like hacks and like, this is the latest tip that you got to do. And if you're jumping from tip to tip, you're not developing the fundamentals that you need to actually improve an account. Um, we're in a, in a private Facebook group, there was talk about this and someone chimed in who's a huge media buyer and was like, I tried this and lost a ton of money. You exactly. Know? And I think that's what we're missing. We're missing the transparency that comes with what happens when you're not winning. What does that look like? What are those screenshots? Because if you're always winning, then then you're, I think that really, it makes people feel like, you know, what if, what am I doing wrong that I'm not winning? And that's just not how Facebook ads work. Every day is a struggle. Sometimes there's awesome wins, but sometimes there's really low lows and it can feel like it's tied to your personal success. So when that happens, you feel like, you know, there's some sort of imposter syndrome or something mm -hmm. when you're not getting, you are not always able to, you know, have these awesome screenshots. I really just feel like it's, it's incredibly, incredibly hard on our mental health when we talk like this. Yeah. So there is a right way to share this information because it's, you know, even though that we are all theoretically competitors to each other, there is a sort of camaraderie in sharing what works into helping other people improve. And the, the best way to do it is like, um, yes, you know, post a screenshot, but then launch into a thread of of the account in particular. So you can map that to whatever you're doing or dismap it if it, if it doesn't work or just, you know, explain the context around it or include more screenshots that that add a broader contact. It is so easy in Facebook. We can go into any of our accounts on any particular day and find one ad or ad set where the ROAS number is like above 10 and screenshot that and, and put it out there. Um, obviously that's very disingenuous and we see that a lot. So anytime we see a screenshot that is not like 800 pixels wide, it's like, nah, <laughs> I don't think so, you know? <laughs> I but think you, that's absolutely true. I mean, you need to, so here's some key things that we need to know. We kind of might need to know what the product is or like kind of what like the, the, the pricing around the product maybe is in, in the, the product 
path to purchase. We probably also need to know when this is happening. We need to know what audience it's being served to. We need to know not just like you got two purchases from this. We need to know the volume of what's going on as well. You know, your average your average CPA number. There's so many things that need to be included for us for us to really understand what the tactic is or what this hack is, um, and then be able to, to deliver it ourselves. Because if that's the point, is if the point is sharing information, we need to know how to properly apply that template mm-hmm. to something that we're doing, not just this random, you're sleeping on the stack if it's not working. Right. If, we, if, did, if it's, yeah. we did this with a previous podcast where we came up with this tactic called single lane optimization, and we tried to explain as much about it as possible. So if you, could, if you wanted to apply it, um, you can see if it works or not. But the other thing that that irritates me about this tweet is he's like, you are sleeping. Like, I'm not even sleeping anyways. So, like, what's the point? (laughs) Sounds like you need to urban dictionary sleeping. I would I would love a tactic that literally puts me to sleep. I could use that. (laughs) I would love that, too. I know. Actually, that's interesting the way he phrased it. It's like. We are media buyers. We are we are hustling and trying to figure this all out to, to suggest that anyone is, quote, sleeping. I don't know. Now I'm getting nitpicky. I'm really not trying to bag on this guy. I just think that we, we do need to be responsible with how we're talking. And particularly, I do want to bring this up, particularly the responses underneath that are mm-hmm. very, that are hyping him up, that are gassing him up. And I will say the majority of them are coming from men. And this culture, I think, is very dangerous. And I think it's it's not welcoming or inclusive to other mindsets and less assertive um, discussions. I concur. You're al- okay. <laughs> You're allowed to say that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Restaurant rescue. Welcome. I think this might. Oh my God! Is that the um Gordon Ramsay? Uh, what's it called? Uh, what's, Kitchen what's... Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares. That's exactly what it is. I knew it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. This kind of sounds like a, a show title. But as you guys know, you probably are seeing posts upon posts upon posts from restaurants right now that are like, here's our curbside pickup um, update. Here's what our menu looks like now. Here's our delivery options. It's a deluge of information. And what I'm noticing is that um, t- nine times out of 10, restaurants are not using best practices or mm-hmm. you know good <clears throat> formats for dem- disseminating this information. So there's a few tips we want to share. Yeah, or maybe you're not seeing that and for, from a particular restaurant and you think they're out of business. Mm, yeah, exa- <laughs> right, exactly, here's the problem. So that's the first problem really. If you are posting organically, you need to realize, like if you have no ad budget at all and you're just posting on your Instagram and you're just posting on your Facebook, you need to realize that your reach, the number of people who are seeing your stuff is not 100%. So if you have 20,000 followers, not all 20,000 followers are going to see that post. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like 5,000. And if, you're, if your engagement well, rate is if low, you're lucky. maybe it's... Yeah, if you're lucky. So that's like a 20% or whatever. If, if your engagement rate is low, maybe only 1,000 or 2,000 people are going to see this, which mm-hmm. is not your full audience. So that's right. the first thing. Maybe that's why someone thinks that you're, you're out of business is because they're just not seeing it. All right. So how can, we, how can we go about making sure that people see our stuff? So that, I think, is best done through a 
you could easily do this through a boost of your to your own audience, but through Ads Manager you can do it as well. And that would be an engager audience, people who've engaged with your Instagram profile or people who've mm-hmm. engaged with your Facebook profile. This is a middle funnel audience we use anyway for, for most e-commerce campaigns. But for, if you needed to make sure an organic post got out there, you can promote that existing post to a engager audience. That would totally verify that your, your true core audience mm-hmm. will see your content. But what actually should that content be? I think that's that's another thing. We're seeing a lot of like weird pieces of pieces of things where it feels like it's not a, a fluid fluid um uh communication where it feels like it's just like a piece every so often. So I feel like we need a better there's a better way to do that. Yeah. Well, one other piece about the engagement the gauger audience is um, it's probably not very large. Like if you have like 5,000 followers, which might be in line for a lot of restaurants, um, it's not going to cost a lot of media to, to hit those people. It might cost like, you know, 50 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And these are your mo these are your customers. You need to reach them. Hopefully you have an email list and you're hitting that out, but a lot of people don't. And your engager audience is the next best thing. So, you know, spend $50, reach these people, let them know the critical information that you need to know. And so the critical information, what that might look like, maybe it's pinning a frequently asked questions tweet to your Twitter page, where it's a thread of all of the frequently asked questions. What exactly is going on with you guys? What are you doing? What are you doing right now? What are you doing with your employees? Like, how are you Mm -hmm. helping the community? What are your new processes? All of that in one place. Instead of it being parsed out through, like, all over your page, you need it to be easy. On Twitter, you could do this through a... um, a highlighted, uh, a highlighted story on your page on and the same Instagram. for Facebook. What? <laughs> you said on Twitter. On Instagram, oh, on you Twitter. can do that. On Instagram, you can do that. You can Facebook, try it on Twitter, that. but it's probably not going to work. I know, because stories, you know. <laughs> um, and then you can, you can also, of course, do any, um, a pinned, pinned post on Facebook. But we love the idea of pinning because that is the first thing that people will see. Yeah, on Twitter, don't feel like you need to get all the information in one tweet. You can... Um, pin one tweet and then reply to that and just create a sort of pinned thread with all the particular information. Um, yeah. And with stories, you can get, you can dump as many stories as you want into one highlighted uh, thing. And with Facebook, you just unlimited characters for the most part. So you can get all that in there. So that's reaching like your core, core audience. But what I'm finding right now, this is just my personal behavior is that I'm trying to find new restaurants to do takeout from or like or delivery and that sort of thing. So the first thing I do is go to their social media pages because that's where the most updated information is. So if you're trying if you're trying to get new customers because I do believe this behavior is is probably true for a lot of other people, mm-hmm. that is a sort of top of funnel um, audience and so that might require some advertising. Yeah, there are a lot of restaurants who are shutting down and are going dark. And there's a lot of people who that was their favorite restaurant. And now they are on the hunt for something else. So right, if, you, exactly. if you can get a front in front of them with very specific messaging, like we deliver, we are keeping our employees safe. So to keep your food safe, that type of thing, that is very potent messaging. And there's not a lot of other restaurants who are particularly doing that. So it, it's really going to stand out. Yeah, I think it's absolutely true. If something is, if it, this can be done through some just easy geographical targeting through a boosted post. Usually, I wouldn't say boosted post, but I understand this is the restaurant industry, and this is just someone whose whose job it is to post on Instagram. So just boost when you can um, to a, a to a, a mile radius around you guys. And I think that's a great way because right now 
someone's favorite like uh, pizza place could be out of business or out of business or could be shut down for a few weeks. And so mm-hmm. they, they are looking for other options. It's incredibly common. And so for you to be top of mind with just a simple boosted post is a great way to great way to do that. All right, the rant wheel is rolling on in. We've got a couple of choice rants for you guys this week. Good the thing, first one, good thing you took the rant wheel home um, a couple of weeks ago. I know. I was thinking I'm not going to need it. We're probably not going to do the podcast, but I was like, you know, this is better safe than sorry. So I loaded it up and I needed to bring my truck. I'm surprised um, it fit so in your big. apartment. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. It's, you think they big... make those things smaller, but. No, it's well, because the acoustics, you need a big one in order oh, yes, to achieve that right. sound. That's right. Right, exactly. All right. <laughs> First, we have working from your bed, from working on your bed from home, which Jess and I are both working on our beds. And this, I got to say, <laughs> is not it. <laughs> um, okay. Second one is any video conferencing platform that's not. <clears throat> and then the <clears throat> third is. Hearing about baked bread, but not having any. So let's spin that wheel. And number three, hearing about baked bread, but not having any. Baked bread. I I used to be a uh, bread maker. I'm no longer a a bread maker, really. But it's, it's totally one thing that I'm not getting from Instacart or whatever because i like to go to the bakery and see the bread and and squeeze it and choose it and get it and um it's really missing from my life and re- right now i'm seeing a million twitter posts and a in like an instagram post about people baking their own bread and and rolling out the bread makers even my parents mm-hmm. opened up the reopened their bread maker and right now i think yeast and like certain types of flour are are, are hard to find at the grocery store. So this is like totally a thing. Um, but Nikki, one of our account managers, just told us about her sourdough starter and these biscuits that she made. And I am I am just so jealous. And there's no way she can bring them to us. Like usually she brings us food in the office. Now we have no food. It's terrible. I haven't even eaten breakfast yet. But all that being said, we are in some, we are in good, particularly good spirits today um, because we are very grateful for, um, grateful for, the work that we're doing here at Nail, and I think that's that's something that's important to, to think about is being grateful because we are not in the hospital and we are we are not actively you know sick, so so that's something. Yep, we're blessed. <laughs> and we have Animal Crossing. All right, and if you guys are not sick of us yet, and if you want to learn more about the services that we provide, both organic and paid, we do um, campaign management, we do campaign strategy for both paid and organic, a lot of other things, boot camps and educational resources, that is on our website at nail.social. If you want to tweet at us, that's probably where we're most prolific and quick to respond and chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, we are nail.social on Twitter. We're on Instagram and, oh, actually not on Instagram. I was going to say TikTok. We're on TikTok at Nail Social. Um, And if you want to email us to learn about any of our services or ask us any questions about your accounts or what's going on, um, we are coffee at nail.social. Yep. All those things. Yeah. All right. So we will see you guys next week. (laughs) 